Hello, and welcome to episode 52 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always, the man, the myth, Ulysses S. Grant, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. I find that my quality of life improves the more hours a day I'm not wearing a shirt. Nice. I thought you were going to say something, like, really mean, like, the more hours of the day that you're not talking to me. Like, uh, I really thought that's where it was going. I got sad before you finished the sentence. <laughs> um... Well, that, I guess that, that that qualifies as hello. On this week's episode, we're going to discuss <laughs> what we're watching. Uh, Mark Ruffalo versus Ed Norton. The Uncharted movie that we deserve. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. All before diving into our flick of the week, Ant-Man and the Wasp. But first, Al, what are we drinking? Actually, you know what? But first, I, I'll let me pause right there for a minute. Because this is episode 52. It's a very special episode. That means when this is done... If you want to watch all of our episodes once a week, it will take you an entire year. That's progress. <laughs> and we did it, guys. <laughs> definitely don't look into the fact that there's been more than 52 weeks since we started. Don't look into that at all. <laughs> Not while I'm boring. <laughs> By the way, I just want to comment on the near-perfect synchronicity between our snapping and pouring of the beers, which we usually do not do. Synchronized. Oh, all. was it was it synchronized? Because I thought I heard it separate, but it I was, was also I'm like weirdly tense every time we do it. Like I'm gonna somehow screw it up horribly, even because though you have happen. screwed it up horribly no, several times. But as bad as it gets, what what's the worst that can happen? Well, you've spilled beer, so that's the worst that that's can happen. That's it. That's it. That's pretty already, bad. We've already done that, so it's not gonna get worse. I guess I could throw it on the computer, but I've done that too. But the computer <laughs> survived. I don't know. Allegedly, didn't it die on you? Uh, no, I'm still using that computer. I did replace the battery, but that was mm. just because it was like 17 years old. Um, <laughs> it's not true at all. That computer wouldn't work. That's a typewriter. <laughs> uh, Forget about just a typewriter, though, but have you ever used or at least seen an old school word processor? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I remember we, we did not own one. We had an old typewriter when I was a kid. Same. Which, when you're a little kid, kind of fun to play with for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. But that being said, one day I came home and there was a word processor sitting on the table. And I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what the you're fuck is that? vulgar child. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that thing that's it, like an imposter trying to pretend to be a computer? <laughs> you're not and, a typewriter or a computer. <laughs> yeah, what are you? Because I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> and I found out it was a word processor, and I don't. My dad, I think, borrowed it from work for some thing that he was doing. I don't remember what or why, but yeah, word processor. Our uh, one of our listeners is losing his mind right now because of an old story from college, um, where we were talking about writing papers, and I had mentioned, you know, how you used to write a paper on a typewriter, and he said, "What." <laughs> <laughs> And I then realized how late in the game it was that I got a computer. <laughs> and it just felt normal to me to have written a paper on a typewriter. No, but the thing is, see, I never wrote a, I never wrote a paper on a typewriter, uh, I don't think. But it's, I mean, like, you're old enough, we're old enough that they should that, know what a typewriter is. No, 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 no. He knows what a typewriter is. He was blown away by the fact that I wrote a paper on one, oh, which okay. is fair. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, like, even if you'd, your family had modernized to the point where you didn't have one, 
you're in the perfect prime years to have seen reruns of Murder She Wrote. You know what a typewriter oh, yeah. is. Yeah. Um, this is where the where the where the plot thickens. Maybe a part of the story that Damien has not actually heard yet. I had more than one typewriter, <laughs> so <laughs> we had like the. Uh, we had like the legit one, like like you know, like it's like really long. It's almost it like, almost looks like a keyboard, <laughs> like a musical instrument keyboard because it's gigantic and it's got all sorts of niceties on it, and you can like actually backspace and and do some pretty cool stuff. Um, it's a word processor. It was a typewriter. Ah. Uh, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> and then uh, uh, the other one that we had was actually uh, our grandfather's typewriter from the war, and it was it was a briefcase. That you could lug around to send many wartime communiques. Yeah, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Grandpa Wartime would use this one (laughs) to communicate. Uh, Anyway, you should write a paper on a typewriter. (laughs) Yeah, the next Pinchoon article I'll write on a typewriter. That's that's good. And I'll scan it. Yeah, exactly. Another technology that's actually I I can do that. I just set up a a brand new uh, wireless printer and everything. I did a technology. I I just got a scanner like I don't know a few months ago, which is probably like the equivalent of me writing a paper on a typewriter, (laughs) right? Like it's just it's just we're moving forward, but I'm still taking steps backwards. No, I mean honestly, it still serves a real life function. It does. It shouldn't anymore, though. We should be done with that. Well, I mean, what would you rather do? Just, like, snap a picture and send it in an email? Like, I would not have to... De- I would prefer to not have to deal with paper at all. Well, sure, fine. But the point is, most, like, if official documents uh, still require it. You can't shoot an email real quick to, uh, you know, person you're buying the house. Say, hey, we're totally buying this house. No, you have to sign papers and this copy's made, et cetera, so on. I'm saying all of that stuff is just something that can get in the way. <laughs> The only benefit of that is that there can be mistakes and somebody can back out. Can't hack a typewriter. <laughs> now, hang on. <laughs> That's actually probably true. You'd have to have some some time alone with it to like swap out some things. I mean, I wouldn't really call that knowing. hacking or just like a prank. Like if you switched all the letters on them, I suppose. Is and... it just breaking it at that point? <laughs> yes. no, it's not. It's not hacking. Just I took a sledgehammer to your computer. I hacked. Not to your computer. Your typewriter. I hacked it. <laughs> it's just sabotage. I like it. I like you it. You know what? Actually, that's a good point. With the modern days now, with hacking and such, there's not a lot of good sabotage going on anymore. What do you mean? Sabotage is a word of a bygone era. You don't sabotage things anymore. Hmm. That that implies more of a mechanical, physical thing as opposed to hacking something. Usually, I mean, you know, right. hack something. Even right. when we sabotaged the Iranian nuclear power plants, we did it through hacking. Hmm. No one hmm. sabotaged it. They gave them like a USB that they downloaded a, a Trojan horse, like worm virus, whatever. I'm going, to, I'm going to sabotage you in some way by the end of the year. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just, just be on the lookout for it. It'll make it Don't more worry, challenging. Don't worry, I will laugh. I will laugh so hard when my brakes are cut and I crash and I go careening off a cliff oh, or something God. like that. Oh, <laughs> ah, there's that sabotage. <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> boom. Well, Anthony, you got me. You got me. Awesome. Shall we take a sip of this sucker? Sure. Wait, did also, we? Wait, you? Didn't, I didn't let you tell them what it is. I don't know. So if you stuck around with us after that, that Ooh. was amongst our weirdest tangents we've ever done. 
Um, I'm all right with it. Oh, no, sure. It's just I, I could see maybe someone getting, you know, to, to quote Schmidt from New Girl when he was talking about David Foster Wallace, get to the sex already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we're drinking Lord Hobo Brewing Company. Great name. It proudly presents Boom Sauce. So this is the second Lord Hobo that we've done on the show. We did um, one a while back, maybe six months ago. Was it that long? I think so. Maybe not. Maybe it was like three, four months. I, I don't know. <laughs> it was last time. <laughs> it, was, it was a while. So Boom Sauce is one of our New England style IPAs. It's a Woo! complex, unfiltered <laughs> beer with great drinkability. Keep it cold and drink it fresh. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, I'm a fan of this one. Tasty. It's not the best one, but it's far from the worst one. It's a well-balanced one. It's not trying too hard. Something, something in any drinkability. <laughs> Isn't that yes, what it said? It, yes, drinkability is definitely... Wait, hang on. Can we do that for all of the beers that you make now? Can we just say something, something, and then a generic term that actually fits it? For... <laughs> <laughs> That's how we'll describe all of them. Yeah, uh, this would be a sessionable IPA, I guess. Mm. Although it's, it's quite... I think it's fairly strong for... Uh, probably too strong. Yeah, 7.8% alcohol yeah. by volume. So Comes in pints. Of course. Naturally. So that's probably too strong to actually consider it sessionable. But for someone like me... Depends on the kind of session you want to have. <laughs> I would consider it sessionable. Yeah. You can get weird. I like this one. I'm a fan. By the way, I was thinking... I, I'm too lazy to go do it now. But I was thinking about earlier... If we got on the line earlier, there's some... On the line? <laughs> if we put it out on the line earlier... Online. <laughs> gotten on the line earlier. Um, I would have asked you whether we wanted to... Do a brief rundown, or not so brief in, in this case, of the beers to come. Because, mm. as I told you earlier today, I have like eight, might even be nine beers that I'm going to be bringing you in a few days. Yeah, I think what we'll do is I'll just uh, we'll just post a little picture of the hops to come. <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, it could be like a, you know, drink along with the artists type of thing. You know, <laughs> hey, I see the beers coming if you want to pick any of them up, and you can we, match it up to the episode that comes out. We can make that happen. Also, there will be a theme for like mm. six of the eight beers or whatever it is. Um, I like that. That will be easily identifiable. I like when you do things like this and I just have no idea what's coming. Oh, yeah. I love it. The, uh, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have a hard time topping your best, though. Which one's my best? <laughs> Never tell me the odds. Oh. Come on! <laughs> oh, no, I didn't know you meant specifically oh, about like, surprising you with beer. Sorry. Pure gold. Well, that was a pretty good surprise. They, they were all they were all pretty solid. That was that was a solid surprise. But you do you do find ways like, hey, can you I come help me carry this thing in? And you open your trunk and it's just beer, like as if you're selling me something <laughs> out of the I trunk. I basically of your car. had a pallet of beer in my trunk. <laughs> it's pretty great. Pretty pretty. Pretty great. I gotta keep um, you guessing, and that's what makes the show fresh and exciting. Like so, when I when I tell you on air that I'm gonna read you nerd nerd porn poetry. <laughs> yeah, that's just you're just such a wild card for me. It's great though, <laughs> but it keeps it interesting, and I appreciate it. Like we we talk about this, I give a general rundown of what we're gonna talk about in the beginning of the show. This is something that we started doing what 10, 15 episodes ago. Uh, um, 
So you have that's like the first time you get an insight into what I'm going to put in there, unless you've looked at my notes, which is fine. I'm okay with you looking in there. Um, sometimes it's not even done before you take a look. But what I love is we don't put your your news slash nuggets notes. Not anywhere. only are they not in the rundown, but most of the time I also don't tell you what they are either, which is great, and I really like that because we try to just like I mean this this show is just a conversation between the two of us and people listen to it which is great and which, that's, how you, if, that's how you keep it real <laughs> if you've been listening for a while you now understand how weird both of us are uh, because if that's the com- type of conversation you I mean like off air our conversations are often the same way hmm. I mean we don't always talk about movies and stuff for two straight hours we'll sometimes talk about Sorry. other things. I was gonna. I was gonna say sometimes it's three. But <laughs> go on. We always do later. always talk about <laughs> movies for two hours at least minimum. <laughs> um, but yeah, we uh, we go on tangents. We circle back. The good the good circle back. That's a uh, that's a that's a stand up comedy thing. Yes. Yes. Um, definitely. That, that thing where you make that one small joke early and then you find a way to bring it back later. Yeah, and I don't. I don't say that we're we're good at that. I'm just saying that that's that's where that comes from, and that's the that's the type of storytelling I appreciate. Actually, we had a great example of that the other day. So I'm going to leave <laughs> names out of the story. Excellent. But some of them have maybe been mentioned as friends of the ponca- podcast Pong-cast. before. Some of them. <laughs> oh, sorry, I had a little uh, I had a moment there. Friends of the we podcast. lost them. The podcast. Um, <laughs> the some of them have not been mentioned as friends of the podcast. Maybe none of them have. Maybe all of them have. Right. I'm not going to mention any names. Anthony may me. be able to figure out Ooh, I like who this I'm game. talking about. You'll be able to figure <laughs> out the group of people I'm talking about, if not all the specific players. Got it. So this is the, the other most day, absurd game of Clue I've ever played. <laughs> I don't want to out anyone too badly on any of this. Um, don't so, worry, I'll do it. <laughs> so the other day, a bunch of us went to a, a concert as a surprise gift to one of our friends. Um, it was one, one of my friend's girlfriend's birthday, and he didn't tell her that all of us were coming. And then after the concert, that even more of us were joining them for a little uh, party at a friend's cabin upstate. Nice. That's fun. So the next morning, we had like family breakfast together. It's a good, good time. Like 10, 11 people, something like that. And, you know, we were all talking and joking and, couple of us were talking about a certain friend of ours who was notorious or is notorious for dodging us when we make certain plans, specifically mm. beach plans. Okay. Um, is in, that me? <laughs> no, no everyone who was part of the story was present at the table. So okay. it was not you. So, no, no. You have said that you want to go to the beach and then it doesn't work out. Yeah. This person said they were going to the beach with us the next day, one day when we were all hanging out one night mm. and then we told him we'd pick him up at about seven 30 in the morning. And he texted us at two 30 in the morning saying, I'm not coming. So we woke up to that text message the next morning. What a turd. Yeah. Um, there was very harsh words leveled at this person, uh, repeatedly. And over the course of it's been <laughs> almost an entire year now, um, never let him live it down. <laughs> so we getting on his case for this, his girlfriend was now getting on his case for this at the time. Uh, she was not part of the, the picture of the story at that point. Um, and she was like, I want to go to the beach. So now he's finally possibly going to the beach. Hmm. Uh, this friend is quite pale. 
in complexion. Yeah. <laughs> now Anthony knows who we're talking about. So me and... Said ghost. Well, no, <laughs> me and one of the people I've mentioned is friend of the podcast several times. Hmm. Person who's contributed beer-type items to the yeah. podcast. Yeah. Everybody knows who you're talking about. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> so we were getting on his case that he I was like, when have you seen the sun anytime recently? If you're going to come to the beach with us, you might want to work on that base tan. He's like, yep, I've you know been, been busy. I, I have not been outside very much. And I haven't gone out and done much with you guys, et cetera, so on. And I was like, you're basically Gollum. Rockin' pool is nice and cool. So now everyone laughs at this, and then he gets up as he, you know, laughs at it and says "fuck you." He gets up and walks outside to grab something, and please about burns. Thirty seconds later, other friend of the podcast makes an untowards comment about his romantic life. Vis-a-vis role-playing as Gollum. No! <laughs> as no. you can imagine what that would be like. <laughs> uh, that's horrible. So, his girlfriend, who was laughing at the Gollum comment originally, now is screaming how she can't unhear that. <laughs> well. So everyone, you know. That's over. Heads off their separate, <laughs> separate ways. But about 12 hours later, we all reconvened for more friend-type activities. And when I first walked in, I spoke to my pal friend and I said, Oh, how are you doing, my precious? Oh, God. <laughs> that's good. Just and that's that. how just it keep all that comes going. full circle. Yeah, I like that. And he good said, night, everybody. Is, <laughs> he said, this isn't becoming a thing. I said, oh, no, it's already a thing. Yeah, it's, it's not becoming. <laughs> We've already closed the evening. <laughs> We're about ready for the sequel. All right. So that being said, moving into our stories. So, we've, Al, how many nuggets would you say you have? Two. You got two. All right. So uh, I got four. We'll work them in. Well, I'll, I'll throw it to you every once in a while. Um, Al's got some some oldies, as he described them to me earlier. So we missed the last week. Work conflicts. Things happen. This is our fun time, and we, and we missed it. So Al's got some what used to be news to discuss. It's now so uh, we'll, we'll get into that and for our first old i have something what we're watching and i was curious i know you were uh, i think last we spoke you were finishing the wire was that yes, i finished that a couple weeks ago and uh what are you on to anything new these days um i usually pick one main thing to like quote unquote binge and i don't have that right now mm-hmm. uh, i was catching up on the first few episodes of succession though uh not familiar uh, that's a new show on HBO. It oh, okay. kind of seems to be loosely based on the uh, Murdoch family, mm-hmm. uh, as in Rupert Murdoch, uh, CEO, founder, et cetera, so on of News Corp. Right, right. Um, because the show's creator actually wrote a treatment for a movie based on him, and it never got greenlit anywhere. And now this is a purely fictional show, although it seems quite heavily influenced by his research into the, Mur- the Murdochs going on. Um, the best way I could describe the show is if you found a way to cross billions with Arrested Development. Okay. I still need to catch up on billions, but I, I see how that could be entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's something. And uh, so Brian Cox plays the patriarch 
of the family, uh, the Murdoch-esque character. And most of the other cast I actually really don't know from anything, with the exception of one of his sons being played by uh, Kieran Culkin, who's playing nearly the same character he played from Scott Pilgrim, <laughs> which is perfectly fine with me. Cause That's great. He's funny. That's awesome. <laughs> he's playing oh, I... a much more devious version of that character, basically. I... I... I can't think of Deep, Brian Deep Cox. Actually, that's probably a better word for it. I, I, um, I can't think of Brian Cox without thinking of when he when he just says, give me that, and he bites the soap and throws it in Super Troopers. That's a great scene. Yep. <laughs> it's Some of his finest work. He was work. so frustrated, and that was real. That's how, that's how good that was. Yes. He's <laughs> a great actor. He's funny. He can be dramatic, serious, whatever. So, all right. So that's is that what you're binging-ish now, or is it is it out? Um, like full season. Yeah, no. So like, I think I think maybe like six episodes have aired. So I watched like uh, okay. three. I watched the first three in one weekend, and then I think I've I've seen I think I've seen the first four. I think I'm behind like two episodes. But so, I've been kind of jumping between some stuff. I've been getting back into playing some more games actually lately because nice. I had like a four or five months hiatus where I didn't play anything. So yeah, yeah. time to get back in. That's that that between that and the Yankees, um, a lot of my free media time has been. Uh, curtailed i've been watching a lot of shows lately that's fair i uh recently stumbled into cheers which i have never watched <laughs> and yeah, i am that's a, a throwback talk about oldies i am i'm enthralled with this show i absolutely love it it's so good and i had never seen it before i you know it's so funny because you can never see cheers i'm a living example of that and get a lot of references just because they're they're just all over the place Right, like and they filtered get, into a lot of media, like jokes and riffs on it. Yeah, and it's like, and it's for whatever reason, like those things will, are still funny, and you know where they're from, but you don't appreciate them as much until you actually are familiar with the source material. Uh, so, you know, I started watching it. I'm like, I put one episode on. I was actually, uh, I was waiting for Kim. We were gonna watch something, and I was like, oh, let me throw something on for thirty minutes. So, like, you know, when she comes back, like, I'll be ready to watch the next thing. I guess it, I'm guessing it wasn't Cloud Atlas. It was not. <laughs> Uh, but the I, saga continues. Six episodes later, I was like, "Man, I love this show!" And <laughs> I've, I've watched this, watching a significant amount of it lately. And part of what triggered this is I have, I lately have just become this huge fan of Ted Danson. Okay, he's. I wonderful. used to not have much of an opinion on him. I, I don't know. I was kind of like, I don't get, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And then I. Uh, I actually grew to appreciate him more in Fargo and then in Curb Your Enthusiasm. So that makes me want to watch Curb Your Enthusiasm even more. We've talked about this. I do need to yeah. watch that. Um, but I recently, so when I was younger, I watched Becker and I enjoyed it. I, I liked him on that and, you know, never thought anything of it. Recently watched uh, the first two seasons or the only two seasons currently of The Good Place. And he <laughs> is tremendous in that show. And I was like, man, this guy is He's solid gold. And then when I came across Cheers on Netflix, I was like, all right. And then I just started like playing through that. And he's just, he's wonderful. He's so funny. I just find him to be hysterical. Well, you know what actually did kind of crack me up? But it was such a small snapshot that it's not like something that you could really lean into as much of an opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, was in the first Ted movie mm. where... The, where Ted and, and Mark Wahlberg, I can't even think of his character's name, uh, they sit down to watch Cheers on DVD. He got the whole box set of yeah. Cheers. 
and it had like all the outtakes and he goes, yeah, they all talk shit about each other nonstop on the outtakes or whatever, like the commentary and it's Ted dancing and he's sitting down and he goes, he goes, Woody Harrelson, smallest dick I ever saw on a man. (laughs) (laughs) That's so great. But uh, anyway, if you haven't, if you've never watched Cheers, I I highly suggest it. (laughs) I was, I'm just really, I'm just really loving it. I will, I'll check back in next week when I've finished the entire series <laughs> because that's the rate that I'm burning through it at this point. Um, moving on, let's jump back real quick. What are you wait, playing? Actually, no, sorry, wait, one more second. Oh, sorry. Because oh, oh. I thought about it while you were doing that mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to wait until you finished your chair story to circle back with something else. I wouldn't say that I'm actively watching because it's more of a one-time thing because it was a movie. Uh, <laughs> ah, I, watched, I watched The Beach last night. DiCaprio? Yes. That movie was twisted, right? Yeah. Did you see it? I think so. Does so, it turn into a video game at one point? <laughs> yes, it does. Okay, yeah, I saw that movie. <laughs> Super weird. Um, the way I kind of described it to myself, I you know, I jotted some notes down in case maybe we possibly wanted to do an episode on it later on because if it's an important theme of the show in that it's based on work by Alex Garland. Okay. Um, and I said it's like apocalypse now meets no 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 shit i can't remember it's uh why apocalypse now meets lord of the flies meets scott pilgrim question mark okay that's because that that video video game game scene that video game sequence um felt like something straight so weird it does it does that does that's the that's the most vivid thing that i remember from that that acid trip yeah, um, it was a weird movie. Um, it was a pretty good movie, though. Yeah. I'll have, to, I'll have to rewatch it because I, I watched that younger years, I feel like. I mean, it came out in 2000, so. Yeah. I, I would check it out again on that record. On, uh, just, not even that, you're not necessarily saying that it's good. It's <laughs> just interesting. No, I would actually say it's pretty it's good. It's good? Okay. Uh, Although that, it, that's good we, enough for me. It had very mixed reviews, but I think it's one of those kind of people, quote unquote, didn't. Didn't get it. Um, mm-hmm. Although I don't think there's that much to get. Sure. Um, I think it's just one of those things that's not necessarily made for mainstream audience. Like it's that's fair. a thought experiment type of movie. I mean, that's you know the whole premise. Um, but I did have an interesting time uh, experiencing this movie, and the only reason I bothered to watch it because I had seen stuff about it a while back, and I was like, oh, this just I have no interest. But once I found out that it was based on the novel written by Alex Garland before Alex Garland wrote and directed and et cetera. So on movies and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had no idea about any of that. Um, but both of us are pretty big fans of his now. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I have to go and watch this then. Cause I know he had, I know he had input into the making of the movie, but I know that it broke from some of the stuff from his book, but I think that the stuff that he writes is cool. So yeah, that, that actually, that makes me even more just interested to rewatch it. I'll have to check it out again. And then I'll watch Cloud Atlas. Um, <sighs> sorry, I'm kidding. I'm, I, I, I swear to you that I will watch Cloud Atlas before I watch The Beach. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem like much of a promise. It wasn't a promise. It was a swear. Because um, when we finally record our Cloud Atlas episode in 2020... When we're able to, when you, when it's gonna take you two years to get through all the episodes, we'll do. No, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. 
Hold your breath. <laughs> right now, I'm trying to hold my tongue. I, I know. Um, <laughs> but I will. So, j- jumping back real quick, you said you were uh, you started playing some games. What are you playing? Because that, uh, that no, leads nicely into a different story that's that's coming up. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I just jumped back into a little uh, little Andromeda. I was playing a little sports stuff too. Nice, nice. I've been playing uh, Mario plus Rabbids. Ah, it's it's real good. <laughs> if if you got a Switch and you don't have that game, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> give that give that one a chance. No um, more Mario tennis. What'd you say? No more Mario tennis. Uh. I've kind of cooled down on that one. That's that's one of those games that I feel like it's not as fun if you're not playing it with people. So I'm that not makes... certain that I'll hold on to that one for too long. Um, because when I play with people, I think I'd much rather play like a Mario Kart. I can see that. Well, I mean, Mario Kart's definitely better for more people. Sure. Well, one game will ruin friendships. The other one will ruin relationships. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. Um, so speaking of... Video games. There's a speaking of ruining relationships. Oh god. Uh, so there's this Uncharted. Are, are you familiar with Uncharted? Uh, I I never played them, but I'm familiar with them. Okay. So for those of you not familiar, Uncharted is basically Indiana Jones the video game. That's, yeah. that's really all it is. It's it's phenomenal writing. It's great voice acting. Uh, really awesome fun stories that go a little too far, which is. All of these things so far scream Indiana Jones. <laughs> Wait, go too far how? Um, explore the supernatural. Oh, okay. Uh, in three of the four games, I think they explored the supernatural, and the fourth one is the best one, in my opinion, because they don't do that. So it's Indiana Jones, two of which dealing with Christianity, and one of them with ancient Indian or Hindu, I guess, yeah. more specifically, and then one of the aliens. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, and it's... I'm t- like it's like heavily drawn influences from that, and it's like it's got the it's got the awesome storytelling and the intrigue of an Indiana Jones movie. It's got like the comedy and the pacing of a National Treasure. Okay, and it's got the it's it's just got the fun of a phenomenal video game, like a, a game that you can't put down. Actually, wasn't the Infernal Machine also Aliens? That was the uh, Indiana Jones video game. I think it was a computer. Oh, I have no idea. That's like a pretty well-known one, though. I actually just randomly saw it come up in an article I was reading a few weeks ago. I was like, huh. From, I didn't realize that that had that sort of uh, reach. From my experience with Indiana Jones video games, they've all been trash. But No, that one I think is... Is that good? Was well-regarded. Yeah, I mean, it's older. It's, that makes me want to check it out, to be honest with like you. It's 25 years old or something like that. Uh, I, I played a little bit of it. Actually, I think my brother played a significant amount of it. Um but, yeah, no, I never finished that game. I, I only know bits about it. So the the title of this... Oh, um, are you familiar with Nathan Fillion? I am. So he is the voice and mocap for uh, Nathan Drake, who is the mm-hmm. title character... or Not title character, but the character of Uncharted. He, he's Mr. Uncharted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and He plays Jonathan Uncharted? He's, he's awesome to the fans, right? And he's like... He's just the super great presence for that for that storyline for that video game and that franchise and he made his own uncharted found film and it's amazing oh, okay. it's amazing it's 15 minutes of this is exactly what i want from an uncharted movie this is the this is everything a video game movie should be and i want the whole thing <laughs> well and the, the funny thing is is that one while not quite to the levels now of halo has also been a long gestating movie project that's never come about 
Yeah. I, he, I thought you were going to say... <laughs> yeah, I, 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 thought, I was not, I was not <laughs> going to say anything. I, I didn't know you were done. You did the whole... You... Your your body language suggested that there was something else to that. And oh no, that was just, just how it was comfortable for me to sit. My Can back you end me. all sentences like that so it just keeps me on my toes? <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, if you uh, so if yeah, you, so the audience can't hear this because it's a, a visual thing. Uh, I'm not wearing a shirt right now, and when me and Anthony jumped on awkward. this call, what's that? It's awkward. Yeah, when uh, <laughs> when we jumped on this call at the beginning, uh, I kind of had my computer tilted in such a way that you really couldn't see below the level of like my neck, and then I just leaned slightly forward in the chair, and Anthony goes, "And you're not wearing a shirt," and that was why, the, <laughs> and that was why. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I mean, speak easy with that, um, and that's why I opened the show talking about how much I enjoy being shirtless. Yeah. Um, there's your callback, <laughs> and, we're, and we're done here. So, if you got 15 minutes, I would suggest you go check this out. Uh, just look up Uncharted Found Film. It came out today, which is two days ago. If you're listening to this when we release it, <laughs> um, but it's it's so fun, and it's he. You know, what's so funny is he does such a great job of voicing that character that when I'm watching it, even though I know full well he voiced that character, I'm like, wow, it really sounds like him. Like it's just, it's just it's too much, and he he's like gone through a body transformation because he looks like exactly like the character in the game, which is just it's fantastic. So g- give yourself uh give yourself fifteen minutes, go watch it, have a good time, and then you can be as disappointed as I am that this is probably never going to turn into like a full thing. Well, there's been a lot of speculation that he would play the role he, as he if should they ever did do the movie as he should. He's phenomenal. I love him. I, I'm not too familiar with his work. Uh, I'm aware that he's kind of an icon in especially the nerd sure. world. Sure. Um, actually, speaking of things that maybe possibly we will be binging, um, I started watching Firefly, which Ooh. is I know how he got famous. Um, I'm like 10 minutes into the first episode. Oh, okay. I was actually considering doing that as well. So, watch that again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, but yeah, he's he's just he's great. He's so much fun, and he, like he is that character. So it's it's just perfect. Um, they've also got a uh, Stephen Lang. Are you familiar with him? If I don't say like what he's in, Avatar. Yeah, uh, he's playing the, his counterpart Sully, who's just this like old cigar smoking guy that's also into this like whole like he's like a schemer and basically taught him everything he knows. Wait, that's in the in the games or just in this? No, in this, uh, in this. Actually, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's him in the game. I don't know who does. I don't think it is. But he's in the he's in the actual uh, the short. Okay. And it's and it's great. And he pulls it off really well. Actually, that that makes me wonder if it is him. But I don't th- I don't think so because the voice sounds sounds different to me. Whereas this is where as Nathan Fillion is like obviously Nathan Drake. Um, but that that was also that was fun. And then it's just. It's just like the all of the nonsense. Like it's a lot of a lot of silly jokes, a lot of like kind of inappropriate comments, and just like nonsensical action. And they do this really fun over the shoulder, um, like I don't know, minute and a half, two minute sequence of him shooting, which is mm. very reminiscent of the over the shoulder view of the game. Okay. So it's 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 just really cool. It's just a really well done, like 
film capture of what you would expect to see in a movie based on that material. And it's just, I really want it so bad because I loved those games. That is the story, like playing the fourth game is some of the best storytelling that I've experienced. Okay. Um, Regardless of media. Those were PlayStation exclusive, right? They were. Just trying to think of why I hadn't played any of them. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm thinking that was the case. Yeah. Um, that was that the first one they introduced. I know they made a big deal about his brother. Was that the first one they introduced his brother in? Or? Yeah, and that was awesome. I think that was Troy Baker, I believe, played his brother. Also I don't remember, but I do remember there being a big phenomenal. deal about that. Um, but yeah, you should you should definitely definitely honestly, that's like one of those things where you can just go watch the story on YouTube and enjoy yeah. it, like because it's it's that cinematic. You're not missing anything by skipping the action sequences if you just want the story. So it's okay. it's a lot of fun, um, and I would I would definitely suggest it. But I really, oh man, would I love that movie? Moving on, give me a nugget. Um, Star Wars news, Ooh. which was Star Wars news old. a week and a half ago. Yeah. Um, it's looking like Lando's back. Yeah, saw that. Billy D. Billy D. Which princess? <laughs> <laughs> Which makes perfect sense, um, being that uh, circumstance is not under their control. They no longer have any of the main original cast now. Um, and also felt like it wasn't right that they didn't have him in episodes 7 and 8. I mean... I stand <laughs> by my <laughs> my theory that he is the master code breaker. <laughs> I really feel like that he is someone that Maz Kanato would be super in love with. <laughs> I could see it. Um... I mean, he's a charmer, right? Yeah. Although she liked Chewbacca, who never really struck me as one, so. <laughs> she loves that Wookiee. She does. Where Although she was into the Master Codebreaker, who was supposed to be very debonair and was played by Justin Theroux, so. Or was he? Allegedly. I still, I, I'm still, you know what? Until there is a reason... Like until you prove this one wrong, <laughs> I'm still going to assume that's the case <laughs> because I prefer it to be honest with you. <laughs> um, I I mean it could be an interesting way. It would it would seem a little bit ham-fisted of a way to do that, but God, that that saying just creates the worst visual. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just picture you with hams, just swinging them around. <laughs> It's terrible. I mean, someone once compared my forearms to hams. Well, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> In case those of you who don't know anything about me, especially visually, beast. were wondering, without sounding like I'm, you know, pumping myself up too much here, uh, I'm fairly large. I, I work out a decent amount. What's the deal with your cousin? They don't make shirts his size? <laughs> Wait, that's right. who said that? Your boss. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, so good. I actually thought it was, I was thinking it was, it might have been uh, like James or someone like that, mm. one of your friends. I'm, no, uh, that's, right. that's, that's, that would be fitting as well. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan. I love Billy D. I would love to see him back for the ninth movie. And I think but that's not sense. the, that's not the only episode nine casting news. Something that has me nearly equally excited <laughs> is. Uh, that it seems all but certain that Carrie Russell will be joining in an important role in Episode Nine. 
right. Uh, I'm a big fan of Carrie Russell. Mm -hmm. Those of you who've been listening for a while know that I'm a very big fan of The Americans. Mm -hmm. And she is most excellent on that. So sign me up for for, uh, a leading role for Carrie Russell. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited, man. I'm I'm excited to see where this movie goes. They're gonna be starting shooting like this month. Yeah. Well, it's like very imminent. When is that gonna come out? Is that next? Next December. Next December. Because they've finally wisened up a bit and are putting it back on that schedule. Because which makes sense. That is at least in part the reason that the solo movie didn't succeed financially. Sure. Yeah, just give us give us time to build that anticipation. That's right. Also, uh, it's a pretty soft slate of movies typically in December. Mm. That it's facing up against. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, I do not have anything more to say. Okay. <laughs> it's just, I'm looking at you. You're doing this weird thing where you're leading me. You're leading me to pause. I really, I mean, like... Are you like watching stopped. something? Are you watching something in the back? First of all, I'm never not watching something in the back when we do Fair. this. Um, so yeah, uh, once I once I finish my point and I look off into the distance, it's because I finished the point and I'm watching what's on the screen. We're a mess today. We're just an I, absolute mess. I can understand if like you saw me with my mouth open, where it looked like I had more to say, but I, I both times I'm quite sure I closed my mouth. I did not look like I was going to speak more. So. My my final two things go hand in hand, and they all came out of the roast of um, Bruce Willis. Oh yeah, I'm interested to see that. I, I feel like I saw a ton of stuff about that today. Right. I had no idea that it was imminent. Same, same. Um, the two things that I pulled out here were uh, Ed Norton saying something about. I, I honestly like I read a little bit about it. And I just like don't care because it was it was something along the lines of he wanted to do the Hulk but would have preferred a better script type of thing and it's just like i don't at this point i don't care what i'm curious here's my pitch my question for you mark ruffalo or ed norton for the hulk go uh i mean i I wouldn't really say that i particularly have any attachment to mark ruffalo because outside of this role i honestly don't think i've ever now you see me is the only other thing i've seen him in okay um I've seen Edward Norton and a bunch of other things. I think he's a better actor. Really? In general. Yeah, Edward Norton's a really good actor. I think Edward Norton's a phenomenal actor. I I don't know that I would pit the two against each other. I mean, I thought... Well, they're, they're, I mean, they're definitely different actors. Yeah. Um, I thought he did a really good job. He was one of the only reasons that I think that that movie wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. I thought he did a very good job as Bruce Banner. But who's... Who's Bruce Banner? Do you do you prefer his? Well, at this point, it's unfair to compare because Mark Scr- Mark Mark. <laughs> I was just called him Mark Scruffle Up. Mark. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because that's what, what he said. Hiding was Mark Ruffalo's screen time, and it became Mark Scruffalo. Which <laughs> I mean, let's let's be honest. He's not always cleanly shaven. That's fair. Um, <laughs> Mark oh Ruffalo's screen time is now Mark easily. Scruffle. Three times the amount that Edward Norton had, so it's a much bigger body of work. Sure. To address, um, I think that now that they've kind of figured out what they want that character to be, I enjoy him well enough in the role. But he did nothing for me in the Avengers, the first Avengers. Mm. He did very little for me in Age of Ultron. I still think that. 
they the the whole thing with him and Black Widow was uh, getting real low. Was really like out of left field. It felt completely like forced into that whole hmm. movie. There was zero chemistry with them on screen. There still is zero chemistry with them on screen. So I'm really glad they finally ditched that romantic plot. I still team Cap and Black Widow um, <laughs> because those two had pretty obvious chemistry on screen in um, the Winter Soldier. And even in the newest uh, Avengers and Infinity War, even though they're not doing a romantic thing, the two of them work really well on screen together. Mm. Um, But I would say that now that they've figured out in Ragnarok and Infinity War, I think that they have actually figured out that character. Yeah. And his portrayal of that character, because those two, I actively enjoyed him on screen as uh, Bruce Banner. Um, I yeah. did not in the first two things he was in. Oh, that's fair. I I was curious where your take was on that because I uh, I I I really really love Mark Ruffalo. I I love everything that I've seen him in. So I was happy to like. I was. I don't necessarily know if I had, would have a choice of who I would pick over who. Um, the only reason I would have preferred Ed Norton is I I hate when you break continuity. Yes, like that especially me especially when crazy. there's not really like a reason to like if something happened where like the actor actress died, but you're not done with that character. I can understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like you know what I mean? Like if you're doing that sort of movie and one of your leads passes, you know, right. or something, or is arrested, or something happens. And it's like, well, we can't just get rid of this. It's not like some secondary or third tertiary character that we can just like explain away or just disappear without saying anything. Mm-hmm. Like they did that with one of the Warriors three in uh, Thor: The Dark World. It was I forget who it was the first time, and then it was Zachary Levy in the second one. You didn't even realize it because he's behind a big doofy mustache. Right. Um, and like that sort of character, it's inoffensive to recast. If you need him just to be around for two minutes. Now, where I'm, I'm, I am glad that it's Mark Ruffalo because then we wouldn't have gotten all these really funny stories like the one of him airing Ragnarok. I love that. I also think that in that the was a more lighthearted take that they use the Hulk in to get some laughs and to get you kind of to not be depressed by everything that's going on in these movies because... Let's face it, if you took the comedy out of these movies, it's just really dark and it would be torture. Um, yeah. The, it, would be, it would be the DCEU. Ed Norton, it can be funny. Yeah. But his take was a lot more all-around serious. Yeah. Where I feel like he wouldn't work in this writing of that character. Though they would have probably changed the writing of the character. Well, yeah, I think that they would. This, this, we wouldn't have this version of the Hulk. Yeah. It would be a different version of the Hulk, of the Hulk and and Bruce Banner. And that was part of the reason I think that it didn't work for me so much on screen, especially mm. in the first one, because I think they were still writing the same character but with a different actor. They didn't mesh. Okay, that's I can that's fair. Because I could totally see. I could totally see Edward Norton uh, I'm delivering angry. that line. Yes, that, I could totally see him delivering that line, and mm-hmm. it just fell flat for me as as Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, because well, Mark Ruffalo's delivery of it, which I'm, I feel was more the direction of it, was <laughs> I'm always angry. Eh? 
Yeah. <laughs> I could see I could see Edward Norton making that line pop. Yeah. That being said, one of the things that he said that he's grateful that he uh, he's not part of it and contractually contractually obligated to be in those films is that he wouldn't have been able to do a few other things. Um, one of which a well, he's a, only done a few other things. A favorite of ours, Grand Budapest Hotel. I, well, that, well, that was going to stop him from doing Grand Budapest. I don't know, it's, it, that's what it says in that thing. But he only who, has like eight lines. I know, but I love that movie. <laughs> no, I do too. And, it's and he's so funny good. In that. But it's just a small role. And do you like, think you know what I, mean? I killed her? What are you doing? <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, if you haven't if you haven't seen Grand Budapest Hotel, please do. Fantastic flick. The other thing that came out of that roast was a, a quote. That Bruce Willis says that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Um, I know that you are the end all be all of Die Hard, but you're also wrong. So that's all. <laughs> that's all I've got on that. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, I I would rather take what's his name's word for it. The director Tierney McTiernan McTiernan. Die Hard's a Christmas movie. That's it. Yeah, honestly, it's one of those things where I I think you can have your objections, but you're shouting into the wind. Mm, sure. Um, honestly, you know what that argument is equivalent of is the whole thing about whether a hot dog is a sandwich. Is it? it it's a hundred. Is that the same thing? <laughs> it's a hundred percent a sandwich, and anyone who's vehemently opposed to that is also screaming in the wind. No, I meant like, is that a thing? <laughs> like, is that an actual? Wait, are argument? you serious? You didn't no, know that's I've a never thing? Heard of that? <laughs> it's a huge thing on the internet for like years. I think Just like that. It, it would be one of those things that would make me pause, but push come to shove. Yes. <laughs> well, two things. One, does it really matter? Bread meat sandwich. And two, two, more right? importantly, <laughs> yes, it's absolutely a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You made me lose my headphones on that one. <laughs> I know. I saw it. It was great. It was good. Uh, yeah, 100%. I will. Real funny side note here. So um, I'm a huge fan of Arrow. And Flash and and those shows. Um, my Sorry, I'm watching in the background a muted, um, obviously, um, Spider-Man Homecoming, and I forgot how ridiculous that scene when he's trapped in the vault is. So good. <laughs> so good. Uh, so uh, big More fan of Arrow. Flash and Arrow, and there's a scene in there where and and my my good friends and I have had this conversation. We joke about Die Hard it being a Christmas movie all the time because it is one. And um, I'm, I have my phone in my hand and I'm watching Arrow. And I get a text, and it says, it's from Chris and James, and it's a group text. And he's like, Nicole doesn't believe me. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes or no? As that text comes through on the screen, Oliver goes, my favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard. (laughs) And I went, whoa. (laughs) So I rewound it. Recorded it with my phone and sent that as my response. <laughs> Perfect. It's just Perfect. wonderful. And uh, Bruce Willis is wrong. And um, also, I used to really, really... This is like a, a really silly thing. I used to really, really love Bruce Willis. He's an asshole. Until, yeah, Kevin Smith's accounts of the, of Bruce Willis and working with him. Oh, I kind of forgot that that was a thing. No, I just, in general, he's just... A cranky old man now. Yeah, he seems it. Like, he's it's a good actor. It's, it's he's upsetting. just a cranky old man. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Honestly, it's kind of the same thing with Robert De Niro, I think. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a crankster. 
I mean, he's older, so he's more allowed to be cranky, but still. I guess. I see. I feel like Bruce Willis was just always cranky, though. I have to be honest, Bruce Willis. I, I am. I was shocked when I heard that they were doing a roast of Bruce Willis. Didn't think that would go well. I just didn't think it would be on the table. I, I want to watch just, it because I just feel like it'd be cringy. Well, that too. But I just, if you gave me a list of all the people who are quite accomplished in Hollywood, he would end up very low on my list of people I would guess would be up for a roast. Like meaning, like. Yeah that he would agree to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he's... He doesn't seem like the type of person to have a good time with it. He does seem like the type of person that would owe up if he lost a bet, though. And maybe he lost a bet. <laughs> uh, uh, sure. I guess I can see him being uh, honor-bound to go through with something right. where he do so. But, I like, he's good for an occasional wry one-line joke, but yeah. doesn't seem like a guy who enjoys a good belly laugh. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Especially he was, he was pretty great in that episode of Friends. If I was not aware that. he was in an episode that's of Friends. A, it's it's pretty silly. He he does he does a, he does some making fun of himself in like you know who I could see being roasted is someone like Tom Hanks. Oh, absolutely. Like Tom Hanks has gone on SNL and he's made fun of himself and stuff like that. Like I would watch the hell out of a roast of Tom Hanks. Yeah, I, and I think I think the world could use it. Sure, <laughs> but the, the the biggest thing is I could see him totally being on board for it. Yeah, I can, I can see that too. I love all the uh, all these memes of him. It's like another woman steps forward and acu- accusing Tom Hanks of being a nice guy. Yeah, I love that. Like that's just that's just so on point for him. You know, <laughs> I know we recently talked about how we wouldn't be surprised anymore. That would, would surprise me. Yeah, that, that would, one would hurt. I think I might quit movies. <laughs> <laughs> that would hurt. Anyway, you have any? Uh, you have another nugget, I believe. Correct? Yes. Although, um, I'm gonna have a little bit more harder time uh, to conversationally talk about it, uh, so I'm hoping you'll pick up the slack a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see the newest trailer for Skyscraper? No. You know how we got really mad at the Jurassic World final trailer? Yes. This is that. No. Yep. The last. Trailer for Skyscraper I saw. Might be worse. Was him jumping off the crane into the building. And then I think he gave his leg to his wife so that she could stop the elevator. I'm not certain. This, the scenes were kind of jumping. Isn't it? <laughs> What'd you say? See, this is the thing I'm saying I'm going to have trouble with because I saw it like 10 days ago. Yeah, okay. And I haven't seen it since then because it made me mad. Mm. And this isn't a movie that I particularly wanted to go see, unlike Jurassic World. Right. But it was another one where I was like, I already thought the thing with him hanging from the leg was too much yeah. to show. And this showed way more and like gave a lot of like more insight into some of the motivations behind the people carrying out this plan, as well as showing his family being used as hostages specifically. Oh, okay, then I definitely didn't see that because I at this point, I have no concept as to what the motivation of the villains are. No, they showed a bunch of Nev Campbell fighting people in it like it's got a lot more on it and i was like but why yeah and this one like unlike the Jurassic world one which came out like two or three months before the movie came out this came out like like i said 10 days ago and that movie did it just come out or is it coming out a couple days it's out now um and bombing i believe yeah which this goes into that theory we've discussed about when they release a trailer like that right before or they 
lift the embargo way before the movie mm-hmm. comes out. Um, so that was what I was guessing was the case. Is oh shit, the tracking numbers on this must be god awful because <laughs> let's tell them what happens. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I had very little incentive to see the movie, and now I feel I have approximately zero. You know what though? I feel like this is going to be a real fun. I'm sitting on the couch. I want to watch a movie. I'm too lazy to get up to grab one of my movies. This is on. I didn't see it. Hit play and not not like the time that I spend with it. <laughs> True, but it also seems like the type of movie that is meant to be viewed cinematically. It's a spectacle. Yes, yeah. but I'm quite sure I will not be spending a dime on it. That's 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 probably fair. I if somebody asked me to go see it though, I'd be like, okay. I suppose because the the big problem here is I've loved everything that I've seen The Rock in. Uh, well, you've seen a lot of The Rock lately. He's been in three movies already in the past like six months or nine months or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like man, did not, he kill not it not in Jumanji? Been in, like, he's been like the marquee star yeah. of three movies in the past like nine months and like i'm guessing i haven't seen anything or any trailers i'm sure he's in something soon so like when he does a movie like this like what do they do do they just limit the paper that he can put in his money printing machine <laughs> uh i have no idea it's um weird. it's weird um, actually, i guess i'll be seeing him in something else soon i'm pretty sure the new season of ballers is gonna be out in like a month i have to, I have to check that show out you don't have to i do I do, because I like him. It's one of those shows that I don't quite hate watch, like I do The Walking Dead. But oh, never mind. If you're feeling this way about it, then... No, I so... Don't need, I don't need another one of those in my life. So, important differences. One, there's less episodes. Two, the episodes are half as long. Three, there's no commercials. Wait, hang on. And are the episodes half as long? No. Yeah, they're like 22 minutes, so... Yeah, so, no. Yeah, those, those, those episodes are like, what, yeah. 42 minutes, right? Filling an hour and a half? 42 minutes of commercials. <laughs> yeah, and then the other 42 minutes are show. <laughs> the other 22 minutes is show. <laughs> that's your hour and a half. <laughs> that's brutal. Um, Go yeah, on. No, so it's much shorter. They're 22-minute episodes. There's no commercials since it's on HBO. All right. Um, it's easier it, to get through. Uh, it's definitely easier to get through. And like I said, it's less episodes per season. It, it's easier to go, I'll give it another shot. Also, the only reason that I watch it or that anyone should watch it is that it's fun. Yeah. Um, it's a very bad show, though. Okay. Don't let anyone lie to you. Like, well, it's a bad show. Like Entourage? Um, well, I couldn't get into Entourage, but yes. Well, it's it's on- basically Entourage for football players instead of Entourage, instead of movie Right, Start. and that's 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 what I had understood about it, which makes me actually want to watch because I I thoroughly enjoyed watching Entourage. If you want to, I mean, to critique they, they it, share it's terrible, they share a but... common factor, two common factors. They're both on HBO, and they were both executive produced by Mark Wahlberg. So yeah, it's it's a good that Entourage is a good time. Um, maybe maybe I will check it out. It it's fun. It's fine. Uh, it's the type of thing that had I never started watching it, I probably wouldn't start now, but. Since I've been watching it, like I, I don't make an appointment TV. When I sit down to watch it, I sit down to watch it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. Sweet. Uh, I will tell you that when they aired the first season of it, I was very offended that because they aired it back to back with um that show The Brink, 
which was Jack Black, Tim yeah, Asif Manvi, and you liked the two that, of them. Didn't you? They debuted at the same time. They aired back to back for first seasons. What you liked that show, didn't you? I loved that show. Yeah, and they picked up both of them after their first seasons aired, and then retroactively canceled The Brink and kept Ballers. And I almost threw something through a wall. Mm, mm. The Brink was really good. You should watch that because there was just one season, half hour, episode, you know, 22 episodes. Is there any episode. sort of closure, though, if I watch one season? I mean, the season was self-contained. Okay. Well, that's good. That's all I need. I, uh, yeah. I'm, I, I mean, this was three, four years ago, so I you may could, be misremembering slightly, but I, I, it didn't end on a cliffhanger, I'm pretty sure. I was going to say, you could, even if you set up some threads, as long as like the main... No, there was threads set resolved. up for the show to continue, but the, yeah. the season was a closed closed arc. Okay, that that I'm okay with. I just if if your whole gimmick is like the story doesn't end because we have to, you know, it's gonna continue. No, no, yeah, you would uh, enjoy that show. It it's funny. I would check and it's it out. Like, it's smart, funny. Like, well, it's a smart, funny show with a lot of dumb, funny jokes. That's good. That's a good mix. That's that's exactly Jack Black. Well, the funny thing is. Uh, I really haven't necessarily been a big fan of Jack Black over the years, but he was perfect for this show, and I enjoyed him. And him and Tim Robbins, like Tim Robbins, was really funny in this. Um, and what's his name is in it? Uh, it's also I actually I've got, he's also a lead, but I kind of forgot because his story is completely separate from those other three guys. Um, okay. Pablo Schreiber is also in it. Hmm. Cool. Maybe, maybe I'll I'll check that. That was HBO too. You said right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, a, it's like a it's a. 10-episode series, I think. It was well, I, I just meant more along the lines of then it's on HBO Go and I can watch it. Yeah. Like, no problem. Awesome. Maybe I will check that out. Uh, I, I don't... That's it for Nuggets? Yeah, I'm good on Nuggets. So shall we move into our Flick of the Week? Sure. Ant-Man. Which we already discussed. And so having the Wasp. And the Wasp. Um, great suit. Love the Wasp suit. That thing's bonkers. Also, even though they made the joke in the trailer, I still got a legitimately good chuckle out of him talking about, wait, she's got wings and blasters? Well, you couldn't do that for me? No, I could. You know what You know what happened? Yeah, that, that was good. That was good. But you, do you know what happened here that I feel like it happens a lot in movie trailers, but I feel like doesn't happen a lot in Marvel trailers, is a quip or line that is not actually in the movie. Yeah, that happens pretty commonly, I guess. Yeah, but it doesn't. I, I feel like they're usually pretty good about it. Um. Yeah, I guess you're probably right. I, I don't think there has been. I'm sure there must have been something somewhere along the way, but probably, I, I can't. Or if so, maybe it was like a short thing, like it was like a visual that wasn't that didn't end up in the movie. But like there was a, I, you know, the only problem the problem here is that I had seen the trailer like six million times, and I only saw the movie once. So there's a good chance that maybe I blinked or something. But it's a long, it's a long enough segment that I don't think I would have missed it. Where he's standing side by side with the Ant Man is standing side by side with a wasp and goes, um, "I'll go high, you go low." Yeah. And she throws back in his face, "I have, I have wings. wings. <laughs> Why would I go low?" <laughs> yeah. And I think that's so, that, and it fits perfectly. But that that correct me if I'm wrong, or if you remember, that wasn't in the movie. No. I Feel like it was. It maybe, maybe it was. Maybe I did somehow miss. Or it. maybe I'm just remember seeing it in the trailer a bunch. But I, yeah. I thought it was. I just don't remember when it would have been, and if it maybe it's it, it's it is possible that it happened, but uh, I I might have just missed it. But anyway, yeah, I forget what scene that was in now. Um, 
the what I really did like about this, which is which is great. This is the opposite of my angst for trailers. This movie, it had there was a decent. I saw the trailer a decent amount of times. What I loved about it is I feel like ninety percent of what I took away from the trailer happened really soon in the movie, which leaves the rest of it open, which I really enjoy because when you know a big thing is coming because it hasn't happened yet, you can kind of piece together where it's going to go down. And I feel like they actually played the trailers out properly for this movie. The funny thing is that kind of happened to me with The Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, but in a in a way that I actually didn't completely hate because what happened was as they're escaping on the transport ships, I'm like, wow, this is it's a pretty dark finale. And I'm like... And I, at that point, because I was watching with you at that, that, that Cinemark Theater, yeah. and they had four, 45 minutes of trailer, so I lost all concept of when the movie should have ended, like, meaning, like, what time. Yep. And... I'm familiar with like, that move. <laughs> as they were flying away, I'm like, okay, wow. Because at that point, it had been about two hours or so, and I'm like, wait a minute, what about all that shit they did on that big white and red yeah. planet? What about that ice Oh my planet? god, there's so much movie left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty great. But in this in this case, I feel like the things that were left out were things that were so obviously like finale action sequences. Well, yeah, I'll say one thing for this. Um, based on the trailers, unlike something like Skyscraper or Jurassic World, I didn't really know what the movie was going to be fully about. Yes. Like I had, I had yes. ideas about certain threads. I'm glad um, that you bring that up. Now, I did happen to read some stuff that was not spoilery, but hinted more towards where the central focus was, namely uh, the search for Janet Van Dyne. I just didn't realize it. I knew that was going to be a thread of the movie. I didn't realize that was what its sole central right. plot arc would be, uh, at least not based on the trailers. You know what uh, I mean? 100%. Yeah. I, well, based on the trailers and also your predisposition to the, the character and how they did that, how they did that story, and since they nailed it, so well the first time that you think oh like for some reason there was definitely a piece of my like in the back of my head that just was like oh ant-man means it's a heist movie like like yeah. <laughs> right like there was that there was that association it took me like i don't know a few like well, maybe like the opening act like to gain to gain my footing and realize oh right i don't i can't think that like that's not what this is this is just another movie in this whole universe um which is fine i wasn't upset by it you fell for the uh, the twenty one Jump Street thing. Just do it like the last one. <laughs> yeah, I hundred percent did because I I loved the heist movie. That yeah. was great. That was really and fun. this one certainly did still have elements to that. It it sure did, but it wasn't it wasn't like that was like the the focus of it though. Yeah, no, it was more of a rescue mission slash race against time. Right, which was which is awesome and works out really well. Uh, the the movie plays out really well. The pacing is solid i will say the only thing off about the pacing is the normal slow start to something um i'm not a hundred percent sure this is how the movie started or if this is just what happened in the theater that i was in so maybe you can clear this up for me watching a trailer the trailer ended screen is black michael douglas starts talking um i guess like it was we were watching the movie, and it just immediately started with Michael Douglas speaking with nothing on screen, like as soon as the trailer ended. So that's why we no, were I feel like there it. may have been a couple of beats between, but I mean, it has 
kind of that cold open and then gets right into okay. the flashback. I, there were no beats. In, and that's why I feel like there was some sort of like wonky transitioning that happened when they when they played it. No, I was properly prepared for the movie to start. Okay, we we were not. So we were watching the movie and we're just like, well, you know, we're watching the trailers. Uh, forgive me. So we're watching the trailers and it's like, and then I hear his voice. I'm like, oh, that's fun. Well, that's wait, hang on. Oh, the movie's on. Like, I was like, oh, wait, wait, what? Uh, luckily, it was just a recap of of where we are today, which is fun because I am so familiar with the MCU that I know where we stand. Um, so that was good. But I was definitely just I, I was. I was thrown off to the point where we we were all kind of like you know when you when you turn you just turn and look at somebody and you do the 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 what you don't say anything you just what yeah is this is it on is it not on did I miss something did they <laughs> screw up did they screw up did they turn the lights off yet like what's like what's happening here but um yeah the movie started like abruptly for us but anyway what they did what I felt was really nice is uh for a lot of the other Marvel movies. If you don't see the first in a series, like in a, in a small series, you don't get like the full recap, I feel like, like the way that mm-hmm. they did. Because the the recap is actually super crucial to the story in this case, which is probably why they did it. Which also is funny because it's the one that I felt that needed it the least. But for a newer audience, it was very important. But I was like, this is almost exactly the exact same scene you showed when you talked about it in the flashback in the first one yeah almost as if it, it might even be that same flashback <laughs> i think it is i think they just added a bit of narration yeah which is fine i was okay with it i think that's i think it was a good move I, even though i was super familiar and i had also recently just watched ant-man i think i would have appreciated it more if i hadn't seen the first one well, that's what i'm saying i definitely i didn't need it because i've seen the first one several times yeah like i was like yeah no no i i got the whole story like you, you could have done this shorter, but for someone less familiar with it, probably very welcome. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was it was a good open though, because even though I was familiar with it, um, it was just it was cool to set the pace, like set the understanding, like this is the focal point, and let's move. Well, definitely, on. if you had any doubt about what the movie was going to be about, you didn't after that was over. That's true. We're gonna find her. She's lost. We're gonna find her. That's your plot. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which is awesome, and it leads to some pretty amazing, amazing antics along the way. Uh, before we get into spoiler territory, a couple of things. Uh, Paul Rudd is magical. <laughs> I love that man. Uh, especially in that one scene. Where he's doing magic? <laughs> no, that too. <laughs> um, that thing where that magical thing happens? Yeah. Uh, he's, yeah. He's fantastic. Uh, he's so much fun, and there's so many elements in this, that in his delivery, in the timing of the jokes, uh, in the setups of the scenes, that just like, it's like I love you, man. In the MCU, <laughs> <laughs> like the jokes are just on point with that. Yeah, I can see that. Like he is just, he's just so fun. Um, and you know what it is? He just seems so, uh, like just so naturally funny and 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 so genuine. I think that's why it works. Yeah, like he's. Not at the same level of Tom Hanks as it would surprise me, but it would surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, that so there's Paul Rudd. Um, the overall the overall story is a lot of fun. There's a lot of a lot of great jokes throughout throughout. Like you're you're laughing a good portion of the movie, and yeah. there's some pretty dire things happening, especially when you wrap it up in with 
the overall MCU and where we stand right now. Well, it was a curious entry because it stands very much apart from the serious goings on of the MCU. This a lot in the same way that uh, Black Pan- this is the case with Black Panther. Um, a lot of this, certainly not all, but a lot of it felt removed from what's going on in the larger world. Mm-hmm. The implications seem very big for the larger world, but yeah, that they don't seem to tie in per se to the the main story. Um, although I think we may find retroactively that that will change absolutely by, the t- by next year. But um, at the time that you're watching this, um, in a lot of ways, it felt like it's fully its own story. Mm-hmm. If you listen um, to the dialogue, and I have some notes here, which we'll get into when we get into the spoiler territory, and you touch on some of the dialogue from the first film, there are things that can so clearly describe what's going on if they want to go that route. Well, yeah, I mean, there's certainly stuff, you know, about, you know, oh, like the, the whole running joke about him calling him Cap. Yeah. That's fun. Um, so, like, that's that's your, that's your tie-ins to the whole thing. That's mm-hmm. kind of your, the thread that, that oh, makes yeah. it be not its own movie completely. Right, there's that. But I also mean, like, there's there's a lot of science talk going on throughout the movies. And there's there's very clear dialogue that can perk your ears up about what's going on in the greater MCU. Which is what we have been speculating, you yeah. and I. Yeah, for a while now. Although I wouldn't say that it necessarily came to be in the way that I was speculating but um, it's clear that we weren't that far off the mark in some ways. Right, but that's a, that's a great way to do it, though, because in a, in a scenario where they have to give us so much information and they have to give us tons of trailers and they're giving us 7 billion movies a year, um, to, to pull a fast one, you do need to distance. Like, you, you, like if you, like, let's say if you want Ant-Man to play a really significant, surprising role, your best bet is to distance him as far as you can so that you yeah. can you can just create that gap so that you so that you literally don't have anything to fill the gaps in with well it's certainly kind of an artificial version of like what they're doing with um captain marvel right where mm-hmm. she's literally not been introduced yet right and thus will fill uh, a pretty big hole in the story uh and in the same way with him being physically removed by not being part of the the story of Infinity War, um, having a couple of fun jokes about that. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm under house arrest, you know, blah, blah, blah. Which, yep. by the way, I have something about that whole situation <laughs> that we'll have to do post-spoilers. But... Okay. That's fun. Uh, yeah. No, I, again, I don't have anything to say after this. You're killing me. You're absolutely <laughs> killing me. Um, <laughs> but, oh, I mean, overall, like, if... I would imagine if you're if you're listening to us, you've probably already seen this. Um, if not, you're you're one of those people that's got to pause and go watch it and come back. So it's fun. The funny thing is, um, this may be the first time. Well, it's the first time that a true sequel may have exceeded the first one in the story for any of the characters. Because uh, I'll say Ragnarok beat out the first two, but it's. Yeah different you know what i mean yeah for sure you know what i loved um there was just i felt like there was there was so much back story between the last time that we've seen ant-man and now that even though time has lapsed 
and you don't really know exactly how it went down. They do a really good job of letting us jump ahead, but filling you in, but not beating you over the head with it. Yes. Like Actually, they, also, I'm, I realize I'm wrong, too. Um, <laughs> Captain America Civil War was also better than the first one. Yeah. But that one was much more obvious. This one, it's pretty close, but I actually, I would think that, I think that I, that the second one might be a better movie than the first one in this case as well. Um, that's fair. I think that's fair. I think, I think that it's, they were there's feeling, obvious reasons for that. It, it felt like they were feeling it out with the first one. Well, that, there's a couple things. One, it's that inherent feeling out thing about, uh, you know, of an orange story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, two, there was the noted um, behind the scenes issues. Yeah. Um, making that movie, firing the director halfway through, but still using his script. You know what I mean? Like that's going to make for some clunkiness. I think they did a pretty good job of, of patching up the seams so you don't see it, but it's there, especially upon rewatching it a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, because I think they could have been a little bit more smooth in the whole execution. I think it feels almost stripped down in some cases where they didn't know how to make certain things fit and they had to cut them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one felt like its own self-contained entity, meaning yeah, it's like more it cohesive. Was, it was cohesively done from start to finish. Peyton Reed, instead of coming in and working off someone else's script, is now endemic to the writing right. of this script, and you know is is part of it from start to finish. And you know, on all these writers and director and everyone um, gets to know their character better. You know what I mean? Right. It's it's such a it's such a funny thing because I love where it is right now. But there is always going to be that part of me that wants to know what the Edgar Wright Ant Man. Oh sure, I mean we're both big fans of, of Edgar Wright, so you know that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I thought that Peyton Reed's done a good job. I thought that they found their tone and they refined it, and the structure and the story, you know, or not the story, the structure and kind of the language and how they want to execute all of that has been refined to you know, be a better version of what the first one set the, the, the framework for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of things that I think we could still talk about before we get into spoiler territory. One is uh, action sequences. I What I really like about this is action sequences have gotten stale in these movies because it's just like over-the-top nonsense crazy fighting for the most part in all of them. Um, I think Iron Man, by like the third one, it's really like, okay, I, I have seen this before. Um, in a lot of the other movies, it's, it's very similar. They did a good job in Black Panther with all of the new fun tech. Mm-hmm. They did an even better job with this because having that ability to shrink and grow creates these incredibly fun scenes that you can't know what they're going to do next. Well, it's also um, it's the nature of the character, um, whereas most of the other ones, whether it be through incredibly you know refined technical fighting skills or brawling nature is going to lend itself to a lot of um, hand-to-hand combat yeah. and a certain style of choreography. Uh, even if you're you're going to have a super refined version of like the Black Widow fighting or you're going to have something a little bit more versatile like Captain America or you're going to have a just out-and-out brawler of the Hulk, it all lends itself to a certain... They've changed the scale of it, right? But it's all going to be kind of a certain similarity. Mm-hmm. Someone like Iron Man, even though you've seen multiple movies and use him, is a different style from that. Yeah. Uh, they finally owned it with Thor and Ragnarok by letting him be a god. Yeah. 
So that was just increase the scale a million percent, a, a breath of fresh air in that regards. Yeah. Um, and like you said, they leaned into the tech with, um, they turned it into like a James Bond movie on steroids, right? With, um, it's mo it's mostly chaos Black like, Panther. <laughs> and just like letting it play out. And this one is its completely own thing. So yeah. it still feels fresh or it can be even fresher than, than it was because it's a completely different character with a completely different set of skills and that it's not, let me just beat up a bunch of people. It's constant changing of scales to micro to macro and all points in between. And that it's a lot of it's also like, seems to be more played for gags. Yeah. Like, you know, the truck shrinking and then popping up underneath it and shooting, yep. you know, throwing a giant Pez dispenser, all those sorts of things are, you know, it's, you know, and it's car chases instead of just, people fighting and which, running which makes me think like in the writers room they're like make like let's have fun like like how can we how can we make this scene more fun like and they just like throw a pez out and they they blow it up <laughs> like that's just yeah. that's just silly it's like it's just a gag scene it's just and even time. going back to the first one because i i watched because my sister actually went to go see this one with me but she hadn't seen the first one so she was watching it right before we went to go see it mm-hmm. and you know i'm like okay you're gonna want to pay attention to this part when the, all of a sudden they he throws like the the, the little gadget that makes the things bigger mm-hmm. and it blows that ant up and the ant comes running down the stairs and and bobby so kind of always screams like a little girl so good and and then the the sequence that even though it was in the trailer it still cracks me up just for the audacity of the scene with it looks like a hardcore you know action sequence around and on a train and how many yeah. great ones those have you seen and then it blows Thomas up to see tiny little Thomas the Tank Engine so hit something and just topple off the tracks. And so I, I still crack up seeing that scene. It's, it's great. And the execution is perfect because they, they do that perfect thing of cutting out to real time. Yep. And then cutting back in. It's just really yeah, well done. It's like, yeah, because as they're showing the micro view of it, right, you hear the steam whistle, you know, blowing. It sounds like they're on, you know, like it's similar to like any, you know, pick, whether it be Speed or the original Mission Impossible or any movie that has any action sequence on a train, right? You know, yep. Super aggressive, the wind whipping, the, the 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 pistons firing, all that stuff, and you know, and also all the ants and him shooting the lasers and this and that, and it's just chaos and it's it's sound and it's all that, and then you know it pops out and it's boop and it falls off. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the the tech overall is a lot of fun, and I I it's just so it's so cool, and it adds for not only those awesome action sequences, but there's a lot of cool like little things throughout. Uh, there's some big things that you might have seen in the trailers, like the shrinking um, headquarters type thing. Shrink shrinks down the building that they're in and turns it into like a rollaway luggage suitcase. Like that's great. I love yeah. that. Um, some of the things that pay attention also, it kind of became its own funny running joke throughout the course of the movie. Yeah, yes, it definitely did. But there's there's so many of like little things if you really pay attention, like in the background that are either blown up or made small, and. I can't wait to rewatch this movie over and over again and find more. Like for example, when they're in the uh, when they're in the like the mobile base, which is like that shrinking building that can become a suitcase. There's just it's I, I'm pretty sure it's powered by like a gigantic D battery. If you look in if you look <laughs> in the background, like there's just a battery that was blown up that is attached to things, and maybe that's the, maybe that. that's the power like the uh, the gate that they make, but. Anyway, like there's just there's so much like little stuff like that, like a giant Lego piece or like, like also just, even just having gigantic ants doing the grunt work, right? Which is just fantastic, and they're like, and he can communicate with them with that, you know, with the uh, with his 
what was the, the way that he did it? Um, I don't know, some little implant that lets him... It's like what he's thinking he's transmitting... Yeah, to their antenna. It's like through pheromones, like the way right. ants do. Which is just, which is so cool. And he's like, they like his little buddies. Yeah, which is really fun to me. Uh, but yeah, he doesn't quite have the same attachment that Scott has. No. Oh God, no. Naming them, which the names getting more and more ridiculous. <laughs> Phenomenal though. Uh, the but like I said, just pay attention to the tech because it's a lot of fun to watch, and I can't wait to rewatch it so that I can like look closer at different things and see what I could spot. Uh, but it's, it's just so much fun. Uh, I think, was there one other? Oh, not a spoiler. Um, they do a similar thing in this movie with Lawrence Fishburne's character that they did with Michael Douglas in the first of showing you them back in the day. Their reverse aging technology <laughs> is absurd. Like it looks too good. Like, you can put a, a young Lawrence Fishburne in the movie. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, I, I, you can tell, obviously, because the only... But I, I do believe that the, the main reason you can tell is because you know Lawrence Fishburne and you know what he looks like now. Yeah. That's the biggest thing that creates that gap. But if you took an older person that we've never seen on screen, pass them through this special effect and put them on screen as a younger person... I don't think you'd be able to realize that. Yeah, it's probably true. Because what you know, you it's, that, be it's that frame it. of reference being different. Exactly, and you you just yeah you just wouldn't be looking for it. And if you can just let that happen in passing, you, they'd get away with it. And it's just I it's abs- so. it's incredible. Um, other than that, Michael Pena kills it again. He's so funny. Um, I like actually, that they gave, the whole crew like, is funny. I, I, I yeah, I'm glad that they gave all three of them a little bit more to do. Yeah. That was good. Uh, lots of good running jokes and callbacks, but we'll get into those. Um, I don't think I have anything else other than I thoroughly enjoyed this film and suggest it before we get into spoilers. It it was a nice breather from the stakes. I mean, like this stuff was important, but the stakes were way lower, and this was way more of a fun movie than Infinity War, that it was super necessary in that level of like scheduling. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's just a silly movie. Mm-hmm. Like even more than the first one in a lot of ways. Even though some of the stuff was more serious and dire, it, the implications of it. Right. Um, yeah, because of the implication. Because of the implication. Um, <laughs> but overall, the tone felt a lot sillier uh, when they allowed it to be. Yeah. For sure. Uh, with that, shall we lift the veil? Sure. All right. So we are officially in spoiler territories for Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, I want to to jump back, like jump. You know what? Let's let's start at the end. Okay. And here's and here's why. This movie has a great cliffhanger for a season finale of a TV show. Yes. Uh, if this was any other circumstance, any other movie, this would infuriate people. Also, again, it comes down to the timing. This coming right. out after uh, Infinity War, they can get away with it. Well, it's not. I think it's more so how soon the resolution is coming, more than more than that. Well, you still got to wait a year. Well, you do, but it's just a year, which is why I say that it's a good TV series finale. You got to wait a year; it comes back, and they and they they tell you what happened. That's exactly what we're getting here. Yeah. If you gave me this, like, I don't know, 
Fellowship of the Ring style, like, I think I'd be a, I'd be a little frustrated. Well, but also that still you also knew it was only going to be one year. Fellowship of the Two Towers is more than that. It was one year. No. Uh, they shot those three movies back to back, but they released them in 2001, 2002, 2003. Was it really one year? Yeah. All right. I'll take your word for it because you're like weirdly obsessed with them. Um, but there's. I challenge you, you on the word. I challenge you on the word weirdly. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but you, but you, you get what I'm saying, though. Like if yes. you were to just if it was to be a film that you were to and and not know necessarily when the sequel was coming or know that they'll do a sequel, but it's not going to be ready for a few years because they haven't even started production on it. It's that would be like a, a rough cliffhanger. Yes. For a TV show, it's not rough. The reason this works is because we're getting the resolution less than a year away. Yes. And I commend them for it though because it's a it is a it's a doozy because that movie is a lot of it's you know it's a lot of fun jokes. There's a lot of there's there's high stakes in concept, but they're not really that high as they're happening. And then when you get that final post credit scene, it's just like well, sorry, not final post credit scene. The final post credit scene is ridiculous. <laughs> the second post credit scene, right? Is there three? Two. Two. So, so the first post credit scene of the uh, of him just uh, being trapped. He's he's now trapped in the quantum realm. Like that's like because everybody else has disappeared. That's horrible. And honestly, like I felt like almost like kind of suffocating <laughs> by that because like. That that whole realm I think is so cool to see on screen, but the longer that it's on screen, I get like weirdly nervous. <laughs> like, yes. like I'm uncomfortable. Well, because it's so alien to yeah. the experience of space and time as we're familiar with it. Yep. Um, and it just it's one of those things where it's like it's like being trapped in the the black emptiness of space, right? Where it's like it's so inhospitable. As to be like impossible to comprehend. Right. It's 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 crazy, and it, it makes me uncomfortable. But what I think is he's the only character that they could do it with because I fully expect the next time we see him, he's gonna be floating through that realm and being Major Tom to ground control. <laughs> <laughs> like he's he's gonna be having like. A good time in some way, shape, or form because that's well, the character that we're going to expect. It was very deftly executed because it's like I know he's going to get out of it. Yeah, honestly, I can't tell how. Right, and that's something. Usually, it's like, oh, you know, what's his name? He's going to come get him. You know what I mean? Like, like, oh, he'll be fine. And it's like, yeah. I know he'll be fine, but will he be fine? Yeah, it's like he is at he is banished for minimum ten months. <laughs> the other thing is, you know, he got completely left out of Infinity War. Are they just gonna do that to him again? Like, oh my god, that'd be terrible. Is it just gonna be a constant fuck you to Ant Man? I I do wonder though. Um, do you think that post credits of Captain Marvel? Do we get some tease at a resolution of this, or a tease of the resolution of Infinity War? Probably more likely that. Well. It'll be some specific tie-in to that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I could see it being the post-credit being her receiving the message from what's his name? 
Yeah. Nakuk. Yeah. Um, because I imagine that all, if not all, then the, like 95% of this movie will be all that taking place in the 1990s or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think we'll see the resolution to Ant-Man's rescue specifically, probably. I think it would be great if that Major Tom thing was also a post-credit thing. God, I hope it is. Not him being saved. Just, just him, him singing? singing? Oh my God, that would be amazing. And like that's all we see of him, like you know, a fifteen-second segment of that, and then just, just to show you, just to show you that he'll be relevant in the next movie. Yes, that's. I think that's a perfect way to do it. Yes, if I could get in contact with any <laughs> Marvel, if I could find a direct line to Kevin Feige or oh whoever, God. I don't even know who's directing. I, I know they hired a. Well, they had to because the movie's done shooting. Uh, <laughs> it's well, actually, I guess it's. I think they did co-directors, right? It's a man and a woman co-directing Captain Marvel. Is it? I don't even know. I don't. I don't know too many details about it. I actually, I think it was, and I'm going to look at that right now. I, but, I'm very excited to go into Captain Marvel, knowing nothing about Captain Marvel. I mean, we'll find out something eventually. Yeah, well, I just Anna, mean like I don't know Anna backstory. Bo- I don't know things like that. What's that? I like. I'm just saying like I don't know backstory. Like I don't know. Uh, any, I don't really know anything about the character, and I like that because I didn't know anything about Ant Man going in, and I think that that just made it that much more entertaining to me. I think. That Captain Marvel in this iteration, the Carol Danvers one, uh, it sounds like. Um, <laughs> just bringing up this movie is kind of funny. Um, the backstory to um, to Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern, I believe that their backstories are very similar. Hmm. Fighter pilot somehow runs into supernatural being that grants them their powers. Interesting. I believe okay. that's the high level. That's cool. We'll see. Um, we'll see where that goes. Um, the one thing we do know, or that I do know from you and from some random articles that I read, that Captain Marvel taking place in the nineties. Right. So damn it! Now you got me with that thing. Which thing? Where I thought you were going to keep talking and no, you didn't. <laughs> no, just just looking for the, just looking for the uh, the nod there. So, so when I'm, I, I'm be- not really bothering with that because I don't know. From me to you, but you to me, your voice and the the video is not in any way, shape, or form synced up. Oh, that's great. Uh, that's, that's part helped. of the reason that I keep looking away and watching the screen up there because <laughs> it's become really distracting watching you talk because it's like so far off from the audio that it's like almost making me nauseous. I'll just hide my, my mouth behind the microphone. <laughs> All right. So what I was getting at was, so Captain Marvel taking place in the 90s. This is information that you gave me. Um, what yes. I really thought was funny, and I feel like is a nod to that, was the was up joke. I just feel like that was a 90s throwback just yeah. for the sake of let's do this. <laughs> also be curious to see going back to the whole uh, de-aging thing. They're going to be doing that to Samuel L. Ooh. That'll be fun. He's a main character of that movie. Like He's right. not. Right. Oh, that'll just, be awesome. He's going to be on screen much more in that than he has been in any of the others, I think. That I just you know what would be so Samuel Jackson is if he was just like no nah, I'm just gonna do it like I am now okay. <laughs> I, I do not age yeah <laughs> that'd be great uh, so let's talk about Michael Pena for a second because... wait hang on before we do that oh. because I was gonna get it in but we ended up into an interesting tangent that I didn't want to stop <laughs> um, still going back to those post credit things assorted post credit things 
what we were missing in this movie was a post credit of Jeremy Renner sitting on a couch. That's it. No, one other thing. Hun? Yes. Oh, that'd be terrible. Yes, no, I was thinking that too dark, even funnier, because you could do it before you did the one with Scott getting caught in the quantum realm. Yeah. Him sitting on the couch, like reading something or like fiddling with something, or just even just staring off into space. And Han, was that the phone? Someone called? No. Still, still no one was calling. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no one. Sad. Just that. That's it. He ran out of arrows. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so Michael Pena, so funny, gets to do his rambling from the first movie, which I absolutely love. When he's on the truth serum, and he's just. He's just running through the story with all the details that are completely unnecessary. Strong history, it. Which is also the truth serum was a great joke with yes. a nice callback. So basically, it's truth serum. No, it's not truth serum. No. Oh my god, it is truth serum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that was that was ridiculous. The did you catch what the name of their company is? XCOM. So good. Yep. So you good. know the first time I saw it on screen. It didn't register, and then I saw it again. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's wonderful." But the the most important thing about that whole scene where they where he's on the truth serum is how they were previously freaking out, and the one the one wacky one was talking about Baba Yaga. Yes, and yes. when she the pops into the thing. screen and pops back out, and he says it, yes. I, the entire theater was hysterical. Yes, like that was that is a really well timed punchline to that that minor setup like twenty minutes earlier. <laughs> yes, which is ex- just excellently ex- excellently executed. <laughs> Both of us are struggling way too much. Woo! Woo, it's tough. Uh, I mean, I get it's a Monday. That's Monday, what it is. See, yeah, we usually record on a Tuesday. Day. We're thrown off completely. It's t- it's terrible. It's a Monday. So the the ghost character. Yes, the, the ghost, the the ghost, the witch-like character. Um, here's my problem: Who decided? Like, at what point was it decided that a witch-like character moves like this? A witch whose witchliness is not magic, but is instead quantum science. That's see, in her situation, it makes sense. Yes, but I'm talking about other witches. Scarlet Witch, uh, terrible character from the DC movie. Uh, what? Who? That? Which one was it? It was Suicide oh, Squad. Oh, Suicide Squad. Sorry, I, I keep forgetting that that's part of the DCEU. That's probably good for you. I think everyone should forget that it exists, but so, also it's so loosely tied to the rest of them. Like... Uh, but anyway, what I'm getting at, let's not even. Hey, don't forget that. they're making a let's sequel to that. Stop this! Just <laughs> stop it. <laughs> uh, what I'm getting at is what they do is, or what I assume they're doing is, they shoot a scene and then they just like cut out every third frame. And then also shoot the scene again, and, and it's like a new frame. Yeah, like they like just like the the characters just like bouncing like bouncing forward, and it, with the quantum character, it makes sense, right? But. I'm just averse to that because the 
the stupid other witches that we've dealt with that move like this bother me. See, I only saw Suicide Suicide Squad once. Suicide. <laughs> Suicide. Not nearly as understandable nor as fun as Mark Scruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Callback. I like, uh, I like Mark Scruffalo. Um, I keep forgetting that one, like a lot of the specifics of that movie, thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, if you want to draw, if, if, the, if you feel compelled to to draw a parallel between Ghost and Scarlet Witch, especially since they're in the same universe, uh, I actually like that comparison in the sense that they don't actually really move similarly. She is much more fluid, and this is much more jarring because it's that whole binary idea of being in one place or the other at all times. I don't think Scarlet Witch moves fluidly. Well, they do slow motion a lot, so she's all she's bouncing around like the other one. The, and, well, I'm I'm picturing that one scene where she comes out of the church in Ultron after yeah. she has her whole thing with Jeremy Renner. Yeah. So, well, the the scene where um, when she's like popping up to people and like kind of you know implanting terrible things in their brain. Mm-hmm. She like she like bounces into those scenes and bounces out of them, and it's that's what I associated that movement with, and yeah. that bothers me because it makes sense for this character to do that. On I mean, both of, of them are constantly in and out. They're both constantly doing like the whole smoke bomb thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think it works for this character, but I just I want to stop seeing that for witches. Okay, just I mean, stop. I really just wouldn't stop. consider her a witch per se. No, but, no, no. Um, she can have it. Ghost but she certainly, it. yes, the nature of the character, it very much makes sense for that right. to be the case. But it's like it's they've used this effect, and the effect is used for a different character that has a different range of abilities. That it, like this is like this is something that I should not be hung up on. <laughs> but for that whatever reason, I am. On, you should not be hung up on. But this. for whatever reason, I am, and it bothers me. Uh, so that, you so want to be talking about weird things? That. To, you want to talk about weird things to be hung up on? Yeah. Did you know that what they're doing was risky? Oh my god! They, they might they, have said they didn't say that at all. No, they never. never, they never they definitely didn't say it thirty times in the first forty-five minutes. Oh my god! Let me just express to you the gravity of the situation. It's risky. <laughs> like they risky did it business. so many times, and after the first eight, I'm like, okay, I get it. It's risky. Right, just Stop. do it already, so that we can see if it works out. Stop telling me it's risky. Show me that it's risky. God damn it. Right. Which is oh, funny. Yeah, that was like, that was a little frustrating. This is another one of those things where it's like, you know, something I shouldn't really be hung up on because it's like, it's not like this made it a bad movie. It's still right. a very good movie. I enjoyed it very much, but it's like, okay, we get it. We, yeah. Like you Just get like, do it already. You get like two or three of those. And I'm pretty sure there had to have been like eight to 10. Yeah, it was, it was. And all of them in the first half of the movie. So it felt like there was 30. It's just like we need to express to you that the stakes are high and we've run out of ways to do it. Yes. But um, here's it another was, problem. It was an unfortunate example of tell, don't show. Yes, exactly. Another problem, though, this conflict could have been completely averted if the villain wasn't such a bitch. Well, there was definitely. I well, you know what? I'm gonna say no. No. Because it fits with the theme. Of communication issues that okay is actually kind of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. I can see that. There is a breakdown of communication between all of the principles of this movie throughout the whole movie. Uh-huh. You know, Scott not being open with the Pims slash Fandines. I realize she's her, his daughter, and I'm like, oh, wait, no, she doesn't actually have the same last name. With Hope and Hank. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Who, well, I can't even remember what uh, Goliath, what his actual name was. Was it? Bill? Lawrence Fishburne. Yes, but... <laughs> hey, I was right. Bill Foster. Nice. Um, the, his lack of communication with Hank. Yeah. Uh, no, Ava's communication with all of them. It's, it was kind of a running theme of the whole thing that all of these people who had so much to offer to the world had a fundamental breakdown of communication that caused all of these problems. Yeah, that's that's fair. I like that take on it, um, and that makes sense. And I imagine that's probably where they what they were getting at. That's that's really that's solid when you think about it in that in that light. It was very subtly done because I honestly this isn't something I've been thinking of. It's only as you said that that it really kind of clicked for me. Sure. So I actually the more I think about this, the more I like it. But that, which is great, and I think that makes a lot of sense for like the grudges between like Hank and, and what was it, Bill? Yes. Oh, that makes sense there. That makes sense for like that's like the reason behind the grudge of the of uh, Hank and his daughter, and now Scott and Hank, and like and now Scott and um and the wasp. What's her name? What's the character's name? Hope. Hope. Scott and Hope. Um, it does it it does make a lot of sense in all of those realms. The one that bothers me a little bit though is that is this ghost one. The character is. I understand she's she's in pain. I get that. They tried to convey that. I understand that she's going to die. But there's nothing about the character that makes me think that she's... Or that, that led me to believe that she was... Um, not immoral, but I'm going to go with that for lack of a better word right now. That she would be willing to like kind of toss people aside to... like. She's getting two characters arrested probably for good in some of her actions. She's going to do something that she knows is going to prevent somebody else from potentially living. You know, there must have been a scene or two that was clipped from earlier in the movie because um, I didn't think about that in that way. But it pairs well with something else that I did think of in that there was a big jump from her having this unsolvable condition to that condition killing her. Mm. just like there was a big jump from her doing her own thing to her ruthlessly doing her own thing. Right. It didn't feel like there was an ample setup to either of those right. things that dovetail together, like that they're inextricably linked together. There was something missing earlier in the movie to make that those two leaps together that would have made it more coherent. That's the only bit that I think is clunky is whatever – ties that were supposed to bind those two endpoints together felt like they were missing. Yeah. And I think even more so when you were trying to, as someone that doesn't obviously can't possibly grasp the science that they're trying to like explain to you. Uh, but like if. Her no, but I don't think that, I no, don't no. think it had to be part of that. It doesn't. What I'm saying though, is if you, there's definitely a piece missing that would, that would kind of drive her to these extremes, which I, that, that makes sense that I can get behind if that was the case. Because what could have solved this has been like, hey, like when you open this gate, 
to the quantum realm. Can I stand here? Like, cause that, that's pretty much the extent of what she needed. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, like, no, we're busy. Go away, kid. Like, like she, she could have just snuck into the place while they were doing it. That would have been enough. But no, she's like taking charge and throwing people to the side and like essentially well, killing also people. Also a conversation like, hey, so you want me to get my wife back. I want me to get my wife back. So let's, let's try that <laughs> first. And then we'll see about, you know, sucking her essence out of her to, to make you better. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. You know what? She's been in there for 30 years. Let's see if she has any insights. Let's all play on the same. It's like Hunger Games. Like, let's all play on the same team until it's just the two of us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's do one of those whole enemy and my enemy things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's take a step back to something that you mentioned earlier of Scott naming his aunts. <laughs> those were some great names yes and I, I realized that as much as I enjoyed them I forgot them now because it's I saw it like eight days ago well it was something a- like a- Anton was from the first movie Anthony 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 sorry you're right Anthony from the first movie Ulysses S. Grant yes was one and then Antonio Banderas yes and when they die <laughs> it's heartbreaking every time <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> the first one was actually in the first movie when Anthony died. It was actually really dramatic. Yeah. Especially because they ended it with the one wing yep. floating to the ground. Yep. That was horrendous. It was absolutely awful. I almost shed a tear. I might have. Um, but although he... I, after a certain point, they then started playing up the comedic angle of it when. The birds kept swooping in. That, right. That was terrible, though, because that's how he loses both Ulysses and Antonio, isn't it? Yeah, like, it, but, and, and then he didn't have time to start naming them, and it ate another, like, five oh of them. Oh, God. Terrible. That was terrible, but hysterical. Yes. Wait, there was one more name, wasn't there? Because wasn't there, didn't they name during the very beginning when him and his daughter were going through the little maze they built? Then they named the, the little. It was a fake ant. There was a name for that one too. Uh, I, I don't even know. I must. I might have missed that one. There definitely was. It's I just can't pro- remember. I believe it. I believe it. Anthony. Uh, so silly. So <laughs> silly. I love that though. That's just like such a silly little running thing that they do. Um, I have a note here that says the family dynamic is hysterical, and I want you to tell me what family I'm talking about. <laughs> All of them. I'm talking about Scott. His daughter, his ex-wife, and his ex-wife's now husband. <laughs> because yeah. that dynamic is amazing. <laughs> because the, for whatever reason, uh, Bobby Cannavale loves him. Yeah, um, it was a really jarring switch from him being kind of a stick in the mud in the first one, as well as not really enjoying his company in any way, shape, or form. Right. Until like the very end where it was like kind of a grudging respect. Yeah, which is well, that's kind of funny because it's it does fully turn around in the first movie when they're having but, dinner like, at it, the table. It had at the a end, coherent arc. Yeah, it it did. Now it's just over the top. Yes, and it's you know like, what it reminded me him. of? Such a jarring, like flipping switch in that way was. Do you do you, uh, you must have seen it? I don't know if you remember it well. The remake of The Longest Yard with Adam Sandler. I haven't seen it. Really? No. Huh. It came out at the time where I would have figured it would be something you would have seen. Nope. Never saw it. So there's a storyline, you know, the whole basic premise of The Longest Yard being that 
quarterback gets arrested and thrown in prison, um, plays with a bunch of scrubs who are con conmen or not common or convicts, um, and they play a exhibition game against a semi pro team that's consisting of the guards of the prison, and there's a guard who is one of like you know the tough guys. You know they're all supposed to be you know hardened dudes and they're all kind of jerks, but um, one of them is on steroids. Mm-hmm. There's probably more than one, but in one in particular, and the cons break into the locker room of the guards and they swap out the guy's steroids for estrogen pills. <laughs> and he starts becoming much more in tune with his emotions and he starts That's funny. acquiring some more feminine body issues. <laughs> That you would not expect on a man. Right. In perfect movie fashion, it happens overnight as well. Uh, no, I mean, it's supposed to be taking place over the course of a, a couple of weeks, but it's a quick transition. Like, you see it, and then, like, five minutes later, it's, you know, I think he started lactating or something like oh my that. God. That's right. Um, it's, it's like super troopers. But, yeah, but all of a sudden, yeah, kind of like that, yes. But there's this whole thing where, you know, he, like, starts crying for no reason, this and that, yeah, you know, yeah. which is, you know, you can get into how you feel about that in 2018 but that flip that flipping of the switch to a guy being kind of a tough no-nonsense guy to all of a sudden being effusive out of nowhere was pretty jarring for me yeah (laughs) like there was no progression from grudging respect to right right he needs to get in on a group hug at all times that that's that's fair i mean there's I just assume the, the transition big thing, is over. It was just kind of odd. The transition is over that gap in time between, I guess. But what happened in between is what's really. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. it's just jarring how different it is. Not I that do, it is different. I do love it though because it is. It's so silly. Yes, it did, I mean, it did make me laugh. In that case, it you know it's in keeping with the tone of the movie. So, yeah. uh, speaking of ridiculous relationships, uh, I love the relationship that Scott and his daughter have. Yes, it's fine. It's so silly. Number one grandma. <laughs> and she's just like, like it's almost, it, like their, her weirdness, like, and their, like, their silly relationship and the fact that he just 100% gets her is just a straight callback to the birthday scene in the first one where he gives her the most hideous stuffed animal ever, ever known. And that she overjoyed exclaims, it's so ugly. Yeah. Yep. But like, and he goes, I know. <laughs> It's so ugly, and she couldn't be any more happy with how ugly that stuffed animal was. (laughs) It's so great. He just gets her. So silly. Love it. Um, I had something else that I was going to jump in on that. Uh, I'm just going to jump ahead to a different note that I have until I can find my way back to that. The Stan Lee cameo in this one was pretty great. It was pretty late in the movie, right? It's very late in the movie. His car gets wiped out during one of the action sequences. And yes. he says, the 60s were great, but now I'm paying for it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Which just a great inside yes. joke. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and also, like, yeah, if you want to take it in either way, it's just or like fantastic. Or like break, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I believe both the joke of these are when I created the characters and also I've probably done a lot of acid. Yeah. <laughs> which is just wonderful uh, 
But I, I, I love I love seeing him make his way into all these movies. Now let's talk about uh, speaking of relationship. This is what I want to say before going back to probably, arguably, the best scene in the movie is when Scott takes on the persona of Michelle Pfeiffer's character. <laughs> yes, you've got you've got her name, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I couldn't think of her actual name in the movie. Her name is Janet. Thank you, of Janet, and. The weird thing about it is it's so, so, so funny, but at the same time, weirdly charming and, oh, he com- and comforting. Won- yeah, he killed it. And like to the point where like him and Michael Douglas holding hands Oh yeah. is it's supposed to be silly, but you also want to hug them. Like <laughs> yeah, it, it, it ended up feeling pretty heartwarming. In that moment, um, you're Bobby Cannavale. <laughs> <laughs> But actually, the best part about all that is, and they don't give the joke very long to, to sit there, which is the right way to handle it, yep. I think, at the very end. Why are yeah. we holding hands? Yeah. <laughs> how'd I get up here? No, he just, how'd I get up here? And then he just, he lifts his hand up and he's holding And they're right. still holding <laughs> No, but little, I, I, I thought it was incredible how much he leaned into, like, he was so motherly. Yep, like touching her face. Yes. Like, oh, honey, you. I love you so much. You. 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 You've made me so proud. And he's like smiling so wide with like a little tear in his eye. That's what I'm saying. It, it's it's so it's motherly, which is such a weird way to describe Paul Rudd. And then, but then he <laughs> like not fatherly. He is specifically motherly. Right. And he immediately snaps out of it though. And the, for him to transition that quickly, and for you to pick up like and to understand it happening. Yes. Like his delivery, like I can't imagine how many times they had to shoot that scene. I, I mean, because they were especially they were probably cracking up the whole they time. Had to be. You can't because he, he puts on like something that. of a falsetto and everything. You know. Yeah, I want. I can't wait for the blooper reel of that movie because I I'm certain there's going to be some gems in there. Yeah, that could be funny. That'll be that'll be a good time. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to touch on was the the sleeping the sleepy giant thing. Oh, uh, where like <laughs> we we get the. We get a notion up front that how he like slept for three days after he went sixty five feet, and then when he's bigger later on, you're like, oh no, and he's just like, (laughs) (laughs) he falls into the water. So good, so silly. Um, I really enjoyed the other bad guy in the movie. He was, he was entertainingly bad. He was a classic Walton Goggins type. And yep, yes. And he and he was um, he got that truth serum at the end, which was that that was your callback to the truth serum. Did he get it, or was it the uh, yeah? I guess it was yeah. him, right? Yeah, I think they shoot all of them with it. Yeah, yeah. And then that's and he goes, "Oh my god, it is truth serum." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was that was perfect. Um, but I yeah, no, I he did a good job. I just enjoy him in general. Uh, another HBO show, if you haven't watched it, that you should watch is. Um, that he's in is, is Vice Principals. Oh yeah, yeah. I want I want to watch that. I just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, is it still that, going? No. So what it was was they shot the two seasons of it back to back, and it was okay. always planned. It was always planned to be two seasons. Oh, okay, that's cool. I like. And that. they released them a year apart or whatever. Nice. Then that's 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 a relatively small commitment then to get into. Yeah, he is so ridiculous in that show yeah 
And him and Danny McBride are excellent together. Their chemistry is really good. That's great. I'll have to watch that. And it's... It was very clever, and it really, like, breaks any form of expectations. It does not end in the way... Like, I am pretty good at figuring out, and I figure out things along the way in that show. It genuinely shocked... Well, I don't want to say shocked, because I want to, like, set it up to be something that it isn't in any way, but, like... I was genuinely surprised with how it ended. I could not pin it down before it was over. Nice. I like that. That's good. It's nice to... If you couldn't, then I'm sure like I'll probably be in the same boat watching it, so that's fun. Or, or though, although maybe now I'll be speculating wildly, and, <laughs> and I'll figure it out. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say that it's a, like a mystery in any way. It's just things really didn't play out. I mean, I, I, I was able to pick up little things, but it genuinely ended in a way that I was not expecting it to. Right. Cool. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to give it a chance. But yeah, he's entertaining in that role. And I, mean, I didn't see the new Tomb Raider. I know he's the bad guy in that. Yeah. Um, and I didn't watch Justified. I know he was on that for a long time. Um, what other, what other notes do you have? Cause I'm tapped out. Well, I, I did want to talk a little bit about kind of the structure of this movie, especially um, in regards to the villains. Okay. Because I, and I, I haven't read too much in the way of full reviews of the movie after seeing it. I read one or two spoiler free ones before I saw it. And so I didn't see a lot about the villains in this, and I'm wondering what the conversation outside of our little sphere of this here is. Um, whether people are irritated or are down on the fact that this didn't have one big central villain. Because hmm. it was kind of an unconventional structure in that regard uh, for any movie, let alone a, a superhero movie. Right? You know, typically you have one main villain or a villain and henchman type of. Yeah. Thing and this kind of had elements of all of those things, but really they ended up being more plot points than specific characters. Yeah. But I, I, I a lot of times I feel like that would be points against this, but I actually thought it ended up being a good fit for this movie. I think so too because I think they they were trying to keep it away from it being like a good guys versus bad guys thing where it was yes. like a good guys trying to solve this impossible time constraint and along the way there's stuff in the way. Yes, time was the true villain in this and yeah. everything else was obstacles, which mm -hmm. I actually liked that because it's, it's again take. another way that they can keep trying to break the mold with this sort of thing, right? Rather than set up a big bad. Um, especially because of the difficulty they've had getting that to work on screen. They basically said, listen, we don't have a big, strong, compelling villain, so let's not even try and let people down. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I'm worried people are still going to look at it like, oh, the bad guys weren't that interesting or that good or whatever. Um, I thought she was interesting. I thought he was good. Yeah. And I thought all of it in conjunction was uh, kind of a greater than the sum of its parts type of deal. Yeah. Because they are a little bit smaller stakes and it was kind of a cool way that it was like this web that kept weaving and unweaving 
mm-hmm. where you don't know how it's all gonna come back together next as they collide and then they separate and collide right. and separate. You know what I mean? It was a lot of I. I just I like that. If you think about the internals of that quantum realm and like the chaos that's going on in there, I feel like the outside world is just a reflection of that. Yeah, that's I think the right way to put it because that's one of if I had to pick two words to describe how the main aspects of these movie took place once you know he's back in the game you know mm-hmm. after that whole stuff with his daughter and the company and all that you know the two best words I think to describe this movie are chaotic and frenetic because yeah. it's just it keeps moving keeps like you know, it doesn't give you too long and a couple of times that they do let you sit down and breathe as important stuff or exposition stuff, but it doesn't ever feel like it drags. Yeah. And the, the frenetic works as a theme as well, because like you're, you're popping in and out of nonsense throughout the yes. movie, just like ghost is just like you would be in a quantum realm. Like it's, it's, it's cool. I feel like there's, you can, you can make a lot of assumptions, but they've got enough people working on these things that I feel like those things are probably intentional and thought out. Yes. It didn't feel like plot holes. It didn't feel like poor writing. It felt by design, and I yeah. think that's why it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I could see people not liking it, but that's it fine. feels more like you not getting it. Yeah. Which I don't want to project that on people per se, but because I, I haven't seen that being the reaction. The thing is, I just haven't seen a ton of reaction in general. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if that's the case, but I could see that being the case. You know yeah, what I mean? For sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, I think there's a good point in that a ghost is kind of an avatar of that chaotic, frenetic um, structure of the movie. Yeah. It's cool. It's a good take. What else you got? Uh, nothing really. I, I did think it was kind of a funny that it's kind of a big fuck you from Thanos, the whole <laughs> way that the movie ends. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like we've solved this impossible thing. Not Ooh, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> and now you're stuck in here. Um, also, we spent this whole movie, literally this whole movie, trying to get Janet out of the quantum room, and she's gone. Yeah. Which yeah. I guess that kind of made her overall like Michelle Pfeiffer like under- underused in this movie because uh, she doesn't really get a ton of screen time. Yeah, I I would agree with that, but I think it's safe to say that she's not done. Probably not. Um, uh, they, and I, I don't think they would have used Michelle Pfeiffer for that alone. That's true. They probably would have picked someone a little less well-known. I, I was compelled enough by her performance to be curious to see a more longer-form take on her character. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm excited. I'm just very excited to see where this goes. I'm really excited for Captain Marvel. Obviously, I'm ridiculously excited for Avengers 4 and can't wait to see how this all plays out. And kind of in the same way that we talked a couple weeks ago with Hotel Artemis, um, with Sophia Batella kind of becoming this full-fledged action star. I feel in the same way about Evangeline Lilly as well. She's really good. Yeah. Between these movies and the Hobbit movies, even if those movies aren't particularly great, um, I thought she did a good job in those as well. And like, mm-hmm. again, it's convincing in that physical role. Mm-hmm. And I thought I like the the main cast, all of all of it. It's now become rather extended cast. They all have pretty good chemistry together. Yeah, I would agree with that. Even something stupid like that in that uh, exchange between um, I almost called him Martin Sheen. Oh my gosh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wrong Douglas? guy. 
Michael Douglas um, and Michael Pena. Yeah. And the whole, you know, oh, who could have ever thought that after we robbed your house, you'd be here? Not me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I love what in that that exchange of all of them in that office though together, where he's like, "Why is my desk so small? No, this is ridiculous. Like, you took advantage of me. No, we need to focus on the problem at hand, guys. Come on." <laughs> It's it's good. Uh, I can't wait to watch this again. I'm I'm excited for it. Like I, I'm excited to sit down and dig into it again, and then like and really focus to everything going on, every little thing in the background, every little detail, and see what kind of stuff I can pull out of it. Yeah. Wow. Sweet. Well, that's it for this week's Flicks in the Six. Thank you for joining us. If you want to keep the conversation going, I'm at AJ Costanzo on Twitter and Instagram. Al is at Alessandro B. 1187. Check out the Flicks Flipboard magazine to follow the stories that we cover each week's and. Each week's, each week. (laughs) And uh, Flicks and a Six on Instagram for teases of what's to come. Uh, We'll be back next week with more movie and beer goodness. We have not decided the film yet, but uh, stay tuned for more information. Until next time, cheers.